Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...listening of arms that she had become conscious of what it was. She slowly rose from the sofa, and the child stood there again dropped and divided. "'You're free. You're free,' Sir Claude went on, at which Maisie's back became aware of a push that vented resentment and that placed her again in the centre of the room, the cynosure of every eye and not knowing which way to turn. She turned with an effort to Mrs. Wicks. "'I didn't refuse to give you up. I said I would if he'd give up.' "'Give up Mrs. Beale!' burst from Mrs. Wicks. "'Give up Mrs. Beale. What do you call that but exquisite?' Sir Claude demanded of all them, the lady mentioned included, speaking with a relish as intense now as if some lovely work of art or of nature had suddenly been set down among them. He was rapidly recovering himself on this basis of fine appreciation. She made her condition, with such a sense of what it should be, she made the only right one. "'The only right one!' Mrs. Beale returned to the charge. She had taken a moment before a snub from him, but she was not to be snubbed on this. How can you talk such rubbish, and how can you back her up in such impertinence? What in the world have you done to her to make her think of such stuff?" She stood there in righteous wrath. She flashed her eyes round the circle. Maisie took them full in her own, knowing that here at last was the moment she had had most to reckon with. But as regards her stepdaughter, Mrs. Beale subdued herself to a question deeply mild. "'Have you made, my own love, any such condition as that?' Somehow, now that it was there, the great moment was not so bad. What helped the child was that she knew what she wanted. All her learning and learning had made her at last learn that, so that if she waited an instant to reply, it was only from the desire to be nice. Bewilderment had simply gone, or at any rate was going fast. Finally she answered, "'Will you give him up? Will you?' "'Ah, leave her alone! Leave her! Leave her!' Sir Claude, in sudden supplication, murmured to Mrs. Beale. Mrs. Wicks at the same instant found another apostrophe. "'Isn't it enough for you, madam, to have brought her to discussing your relations?' Mrs. Beale left Sir Claude unheeded, but Mrs. Wicks could make her flame. "'My relations! What do you know, you hideous creature, about my relations? And what business on earth have you to speak of them? Leave the room this instant, you horrible old woman!' "'I think you had better go. You must really catch your boat,' Sir Claude said distressfully to Mrs. Wicks. He was out of it now, or wanted to be. He knew the worst and had accepted it. What now concerned him was to prevent, to dissipate vulgarities. "'Won't you go? Won't you just get off quickly?' "'With the child as quickly as you like. Not without her,' Mrs. Wicks was adamant. "'Then why did you lie to me, you fiend?' Mrs. Beale almost yelled. "'Why did you tell me an hour ago that you had given her up?' 
"'Because I despaired of her, because I thought she had left me,' Mrs. Wicks turned to Maisie. "'You were with them, in their connection, but now your eyes are open and I take you.' "'No, you don't,' and Mrs. Beale made, with a great fierce jump, a wild snatch at her stepdaughter. She caught her by the arm, and, completing an instinctive movement, whirled her round in a further leap to the door, which had been closed by Sir Claude the instant their voices had risen. She fell back against it, and even while denouncing and waving off Mrs. Wicks, kept it closed in an incoherence of passion. "'You don't take her, but you bundle yourself. She stays with her own people, and she's rid of you. I never heard anything so monstrous.' Sir Claude had rescued Maisie and kept hold of her. He held her in front of him resting his hands very lightly on her shoulders, and facing the loud adversaries. Mrs. Beale's flush had dropped. She had turned pale with a splendid wrath. She kept protesting and dismissing Mrs. Wicks. She glued her back to the door to prevent Maisie's flight. She drove out Mrs. Wicks by the window or the chimney. "'You're a nice one, discussing relations, with your talk of our connection and your insults. What in the world's our connection but the love of the child who's our duty, and our life, and who holds us together as closely as she originally brought us. "'I know, I know,' Maisie said with a burst of eagerness. "'I did bring you.' The strangest of laughs escaped from Sir Claude. "'You did bring us. You did.' His hands went up and down gently on her shoulders. Mrs. Wick so dominated the situation that she had something sharp for every one. "'There you have it, you see,' she pregnantly remarked to her pupil. "'Will you give him up?' Maisie persisted to Mrs. Beale. "'To you, you abominable little horror!' that lady indignantly inquired. "'And to this raving old demon who has filled your dreadful little mind with her wickedness! Have you been a hideous little hypocrite all these years that I've slaved to make you love me, and deludedly believed you did?' "'I love Sir Claude. I love him,' Maisie replied with an awkward sense that she appeared to offer it as something that would do as well. Sir Claude had continued to pat her, and it was really an answer to his pats. "'She hates you.' She hates you, he observed with the oddest quietness to Mrs. Beale. His quietness made her blaze. And you back her up in it, and give me up to outrage? No, I only insist that she's free. She's free. Mrs. Beale stared. Mrs. Beale glared. Free to starve with this pauper lunatic? I'll do more for her than you ever did, Mrs. Wicks retorted. I'll work my fingers to the bone. Maisie, with Sir Claude's hand still on her shoulders, felt, just as she felt the fine surrender in them, that over her head he looked in a certain way at Mrs. Wicks. "'You needn't do that,' she heard him say. "'She has means.' "'Means! Means!' Mrs. Beale shrieked. "'Means that her vile father has stolen!' "'I'll get them back. I'll get them back. I'll look into it.' He smiled and nodded at Mrs. Wicks. This had a fearful effect on his other friend. "'Haven't I looked into it, I should like to know, and haven't I found an abyss? It's too inconceivable, your cruelty to me!' she wildly broke out. She had hot tears in her eyes. He spoke to her very kindly, almost coaxingly. "'We'll look into it again. We'll look into it together. It is an abyss, but he can be made, or Ida can. Think of the money they're getting now!' he laughed. "'It's all right, it's all right,' he continued. "'It wouldn't do, it wouldn't do. We can't work her in. It's perfectly true, she's unique. We're not good enough, oh, no!' And quite exuberantly he laughed again. "'Not good enough! And that beast is!' 
Mrs. Beale shouted. At this for a moment there was a hush in the room, and in the midst of it Sir Claude replied to the question by moving with Maisie to Mrs. Wicks. The next thing the child knew, she was at that lady's side with an arm firmly grasped. Mrs. Beale still guarded the door. "'Let them pass,' said Sir Claude at last. She remained there, however. Maisie saw the pair look at each other. Then she saw Mrs. Beale turn to her. "'I'm your mother now, Maisie, and he's your father.' "'That's just where it is,' sighed Mrs. Wicks, with an effect of irony positively detached and philosophic. Mrs. Beale continued to address her young friend, and her effort to be reasonable and tender was in its way remarkable. "'We're representative, you know, of Mr. Farange and his former wife. This person represents mere illiterate presumption. We take our stand on the law.' "'Oh, the law, the law!' Mrs. Wicks superbly jeered. You had better, indeed, let the law have a look at you." "'Let them pass! Let them pass!' Sir Claude pressed his friend hard. He pleaded. But she fastened herself still to Maisie. "'Do you hate me, dearest?' Maisie looked at her with new eyes, but answered as she had answered before. "'Will you give him up?' Mrs. Beale's rejoinder hung fire, but when it came it was noble. "'You shouldn't talk to me of such things.' She was shocked, she was scandalized to tears. For Mrs. Wicks, however, it was her discrimination that was indelicate. "'You ought to be ashamed of yourself,' she roundly cried. Sir Claude made a supreme appeal. "'Will you be so good as to allow these horrors to terminate?' Mrs. Beale fixed her eyes on him, and again Maisie watched them. "'You should do him justice,' Mrs. Wicks went on to Mrs. Beale. "'We've always been devoted to him, Maisie and I, and he has shown how much he likes us. He would like to please her. He would like even, I think, to please me. But he hasn't given you up." They stood confronted, the step-parents, still under Maisie's observation. That observation had never sunk so deep as at that particular moment. "'Yes, my dear, I haven't given you up,' Sir Claude said to Mrs. Beale at last. "'And if you'd like me to treat our friends here as solemn witnesses, I don't mind giving you my word for it that I never, never will. There!' he dauntlessly exclaimed. "'He can't,' Mrs. Wicks tragically commented. Mrs. Beale, erect and alive in her defeat, jerked her handsome face about. "'He can't!' she literally mocked. "'He can't, he can't, he can't!' Sir Claude's gay emphasis wonderfully carried it off. Mrs. Beale took it all in, yet she held her ground, on which Maisie addressed Mrs. Wicks. "'Shan't we lose the boat?' "'Yes, we shall lose the boat.' Mrs. Wicks remarked to Sir Claude. Mrs. Beale, meanwhile, faced full at Maisie. "'I don't know what to make of you,' she launched. "'Good-bye,' said Maisie to Sir Claude. "'Good-bye, Maisie,' Sir Claude answered. Mrs. Beale came away from the door. "'Good-bye,' she hurled at Maisie, then passed straight across the room and disappeared in the adjoining one. Sir Claude had reached the other door and opened it. Mrs. Wicks was already out. On the threshold Maisie paused. She put out her hand to her stepfather. He took it and held it a moment, and their eyes met as the eyes of those who have done for each other what they can. "'Good-bye,' he repeated. "'Good-bye,' and Maisie followed Mrs. Wicks. They caught the steamer which was just putting off, and hustled across the gulf, found themselves on the deck so breathless and so scared that they gave up half the voyage to letting their emotions sink. It sank slowly and imperfectly. But at last, in mid-channel, surrounded by the quiet sea, 
Mrs. Wicks had courage to revert. "'I did look back. Did you?' "'Yes. He wasn't there,' said Maisie. "'Not on the balcony?' Maisie waited a moment, then, "'He wasn't there,' she simply said again. Mrs. Wicks also was silent a while. "'He went to her,' she finally observed. "'Oh, I know,' the child replied. Mrs. Wicks gave a sidelong look. She still had room for wonder at what Maisie knew. End of chapter 31 End of What Maisie Knew by Henry James